0: Thursday, March fourteenth. Happy Pie Day! Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio from MFAM Funds, portfolio manager Bill Barker. Happy Pie Day! Thank you. We'll talk about pie at some point, I'm sure. Your um,
1: family specializes
0: in pies. Oh, we Here? come Thanksgiving Day. There's a lot of world famous, the lot world of, famous Hill Family Pies. Yeah. Award winning, I believe. Award winning. Award winning. We're not going to get to that just yet, though. Um, we're also not going to get to MongoDB. Which is having a monster day because that company appears to be a monster. But uh, tune in to Motley Fool Money this weekend. We'll probably be hitting that. Uh, we're going to dip into the full mailbag. We're going to
1: start with some retail earnings. Are you doing any like Alex Karras, uh references on Mongo? Um, maybe. Now that I've given it to you, no. <laughs> look. You can get a
0: clip. I think you can I get think, a
1: clip from Blazing Saddles that you can run. That's, you can't run all the clips from Blazing Saddles. No, there are a lot of clips you can't A lot can't of run. clips you can't run, but Mongo. Mongo, sure. Candy Graham from Mongo. <laughs> um, it was kind of a Candy Graham from Mongo, too, was. wasn't it?
0: For younger people who have no idea what we're talking about, and have already maybe tuned out. Yeah. Um, Blazing Saddles, one of the all-time greats. You can throw that clip at the end of today's episode, if you want to stick with I don't know. Producer Dan Boyd is having a bit of a day, so I don't want to add more work to his load. Um, let's start with Dollar General. Um, fourth quarter, this looked good to me. They're raising their quarterly dividend. Same-store sales up 4%. That was higher than expected. Stock down about 10%. Is this just because of valuation? Because This thing has had a pretty good 12 months.
1: Yeah, it's a split between uh, the valuation, and uh, which, which is not insane, but it, it had gone up thirty-some uh, percent over the last year, I believe, and uh, most of that was, uh, you know, just an improvement in the multiple that people were paying. Uh, but it's been it's been growing pretty nicely. And the other thing is that the guidance was a little bit softer than what was expected. So you've got decreased guidance um, and a lofty not lofty valuation in absolute terms but a lofty valuation for where dollar general historically trades uh, 17 18 times earnings is is kind of the upper end of of a normal range for it so uh, i agree it was pretty good uh, pretty good report actually and i think that uh, you know for a stock that's up as much as it's been in the last year 10% sounds Big today, but you go back in time and buy this thing a year from you know, a year ago. You'd still do it.
0: There are definitely some discount retailers who are doing well. And the 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 one question I have, and I don't know if you can answer this, but one of the things that Dollar General announced was they're allocating a billion dollars towards stock buybacks. And you know the combination of what the stock has done over the past year, maybe they're maybe they're good at this. I don't know. I haven't looked into their buyback history enough to know if they're. Smart when it comes to timing the buybacks, but I do know that they've spent money remodeling their stores, doing things to improve throughput like um, uh, sort of shortening up the lines at payment counters, that sort of thing. It seems to me, all things being equal, wouldn't they be better off spending maybe not a billion dollars, but at least a couple hundred million dollars towards
1: that endeavor? So, what you can do with your extra cash when you've got it uh, is you can, in the, in terms of a retailer, you can build more stores, uh, you can improve the stores that you've got, uh, or you can acquire, a, you know, a competitor or a complementary business, or you can return cash to shareholders through dividends or through share repurchases. So they're doing a little bit of all that, and it. I, I think that. Uh, you know the the authorization to buy back up to another billion uh, gets a little bit of a headline. They've been buying back shares. This is really just sort of feeding uh, that uh, machine of doing a little bit of everything. They increased their dividend. They are, as you noted, uh, got some initiatives at the store level, uh, and they have projected that I think. Uh, sales are going to increase about seven percent and uh, comp sales for the year up about 2.5 percent this is 2019 so the implication there is they're going to be have about a three four four and a half percent higher store count uh, so they're they're Doing a little bit of everything, and I think that's worked out well for shareholders. Let's move on to a retailer that is
0: not doing well for shareholders, and that's Tailored Brands. This is the parent company of Men's Warehouse and Joseph A. Bank. At one point this morning, the stock was down 26. percent uh, fourth quarter revenue came in lower than expected. Same store sales dropped in the fourth quarter. This uh, where are the synergies? Like when <laughs> when this deal when this deal went through. You know, sort of the merging of these two entities whose sole purpose in life is to sell men suits, or at least to sell them one suit and give away another two or three on top of that.
1: I think we were all promised synergies. Where are the synergies? I, I would have no idea where the synergies are for this. Uh, it's a couple different brands that are at the top: Men's Warehouse and Joseph A Bank, and then they've got a couple of other smaller brands: K and G and Moore's. and all of them are are shedding uh, sales, and so they're. At the management level, it's not just simply at the brand level, uh, but the whole operation is in a bit of trouble. And you know, you can go back to the Saturday Night Live ad mocking uh, Joseph A. Bank um, three or four years ago, and the stocks lost about eighty uh, percent. So that would have been uh, from that that point in time. You think the
0: writing staff at Saturday Night Live is responsible for this stock dropping eighty percent?
1: I think they. Shown a rather brutal light on <laughs> on the business model that it doesn't like. What what is going on here? Buy one suit, get three free. It sounds and and to just endlessly at the time have ads for that. Uh, and and you just take a step back and say, what? Is, how is that going to work? Like who would who wants who who wants four suits? You know, all at the same time, just to start with. And why would they go there? So I think that uh, you're looking at comp sales down at all the stores, total sales down, uh, you know, 10% year over year is the, uh, the total company decline for uh, sales.
0: So I, I sort of look at situations like this, and one of the questions that goes through my mind is. What, if anything, turns this around? It's hard for me to imagine things are dramatically better for this business a year from now, unless they take some pretty significant steps in terms of on the cost side of things, if, unless they decide, okay, we're going to start closing a lot of locations, we're going to be a smaller company, but we're going to be a better performing company as a result of that. Um, it, you know, there's probably a little bit of brand equity there. I mean, Joseph A. Bank makes decent clothes. Um, they just, for whatever reason, choose to uh, give away a lot of them if you buy any of them. So, I, I, and it certainly doesn't help matters. And this is not a direct competitor yet. But I've started seeing uh, on television ads pop up for uh, Amazon wardrobe. And anytime Amazon decides to spend money on television ads for a part of their business, that gets my attention. And so, you know, I suppose first and foremost, the, the stitch fixes of the world are in Amazon wardrobe sites. But at some point, uh, it, it makes life even more challenging for tailored brands. What
1: percent of the Shows that you do a year do you think feature at some point a a drive by of and now Amazon's getting into this business and is is that going to destroy it
0: well I would say few to to take your question at face value let me give two answers one is fewer than there used to be and i would I would lump Apple. Uh, in that category, and Facebook, and by that I mean, there was a stretch of time in the first few years we were doing market foolery, where there would just be reports or rumors of, hey, they may get into this business, and we would see stocks in a certain category drop as a result of that. So it's one thing to be like, ah, oh, we're dipping our toe in the water. You know, at one point, Facebook uh, had a, um, had uh, the movie The Dark Knight. You could watch The Dark Knight on Facebook, and the conversation then flipped to: Wait a minute, is Facebook going to start streaming movies? Are they going to take on Netflix and anyone else in this category? That turned out to be a one-time test that Facebook did. In the case of Amazon Wardrobe, this is not a test. This this is real. This is live, and they're spending money to take market share from these companies.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh it it's just a uh, an honest question like how many because i know it happens a lot when i'm here that amazon comes up as a uh you know is amazon doing damage to and especially when you're talking about anything that's in the retail space um and and clothing now being perhaps yet another item uh where amazon uh, can can do harm to people that have had a business model for a long time, which is particularly mall-based stores. Uh, but the key to how they get out of it, I think, is included in the um, report and a quote from the CEO, and I'll just skip to the uh, part that I think is relevant, um, where. The way out is in part to create inspiring and seamless experiences in and across every channel, and build brands that stand for something more than just price. And I think that is an identification of the issue because when you think of uh, certainly Joseph A Bank, you just think, well, they they they're competing on price. That's the only area they're competing on. And menswear else is perhaps a little different, but you know, still that is. An area, I think, where they can they can get out of the hole they have dug for themselves, perhaps. And in that
0: quote you just read is a phrase that I think applies uh, for a bunch of our listeners to episodes when it's just you and me in the room, which is when you said, "I'm a seamless experience." No, no, no. Um, it's it's actually not in the quote. It's what you said when you said, "I'm going to skip ahead to the relevant parts." <laughs> um, create
1: inspiring and seamless experiences. No, I think that's subconsciously what you were locked on from that quote about no our time together in the studio.
0: It's people grasping for their phone, saying, "Where's the fast forward button?" Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Market is our Twitter account. Um, a couple of questions come up uh, recently. Uh, one from. Uh, Uh, Not a question, but uh, but something that I think is worth commenting on uh, from Ari Ash uh, here in D.C., who writes: "Roadrunner is doing a one for twenty-five reverse stock split. I have never seen such a large reverse split. That was my reaction when I saw it. I've seen I've seen reverse stock splits in my time. I don't ever remember seeing a one for twenty-five. And for those." unfamiliar with the phrase. Uh, it's uh, pretty self-evident, a stock split. you know, Most commonly, when a company says, we're going to split our stock two for one, um, so for every share you own, uh, you'll have two shares and obviously the price gets split in half. A reverse stock split, generally not a great indicator of the health of any business. Um, if it's not the last resort for businesses, it's certainly close to the last resort uh, as they're trying to hang on for dear life. And it's, oh, uh, do you have 25 shares? Great! You're now going to have one share.
1: Yeah, it's a very short list of companies that have a larger split than one for 25 um, I did a little quick Google search and I found a one for 50 for a company you would never have heard of because it's probably gone by now, which is often what follows the reverse split. Your, you've, your stock has gone down to, let us just call, penny stock level, which you can use to talk about stocks below $5. Uh, and sometimes they're literally at the penny level. Um, you're not going to necessarily see a reverse split for a $4 stock. But, uh, you know That is the thing that makes a penny stock look like it's still a viable company at some level. It's just different to see a $25 stock than a dollar stock and make some assumptions about what's going on in the business. And a lot of the time, the reverse stock split is a predecessor to Total irrelevancy, either through bankruptcy or uh, you know any any number of other ways of just having a a market cap that goes in below 100 million, something like that. But you know, not always, not always. Tandem Diabetes had a a split that. Once the stock got to a dangerous enough level and has made a dramatic comeback, so it's not Roadrunners in a decent enough business. Um, Transportation, transportation, doing some. um, I think some. uh, I think the the announcement called Asset Right and Asset Light, which I guess is you know an asset heavy and an asset light part of the business. Um, It's it's pretty good times for road transportation, and they. Have no one but themselves to blame. I would, I would say. I mean, there's there's more competition in the, uh, but there it's still a fragmented market. So I just checked the market cap of Roadrunner Transportation,
0: and it is a little bit lower, but it is pretty close to the market cap for Tailored Brands. So would it surprise you if not only three years from now? Roadrunner Transportation is no longer a standalone business, but Taylor Brands was as well. No I, longer. I would
1: generally take anything that has had a reverse split. Uh, that group of things, more than fifty percent of them, will be gone within five years. I would, I would, without having done the research, I think I would take that bet right now. Um, so it might be in in that group, but uh, I'd have to look at Roadrunner specifically. I'm not going to, you know, kick at. Because uh, they they may have better a better story going on there than than one fears is the case. Uh, no name here, just a Twitter account solely what I hear
0: uh, in San Francisco uh, writing. I'd love to know Bill Barker's thoughts on TMFC, TMFC, the ticker symbol for the ETF, um, which mirrors the uh, or is uh, tied to the. Motley Fool's uh, 100 index? Uh, yeah,
1: I, uh, my thoughts are it, it mirrors the index. <laughs> <laughs> it's really. It's, for regulatory it, reasons. For regulatory there's reasons. There's only so I, much I'm, you can I'm say. I'm not going to go out and say anything. Uh, positive or negative about any of our uh, uh, products, um, and solely because of regulatory reasons. I can talk at great length about the index itself, uh, which is the product of a lot of uh, Motley Fool newsletter and um, analyst uh, work and insight, and is a market cap-weighted index of the hundred largest market uh, cap by the, the Things that are recommended at uh, one form or another in in the Fool IQ, uh, you know, product, which is uh, accessible to Motley Fool One subscribers. But uh, so it's it's performance. The index's performance is public uh, on on the front uh, of the website, Fool.com. So you can look at uh, and you can look at the holdings uh, of the index and therefore of the. ETF because they're published every day, uh, and within the index they change uh, quarterly. Um, and again, the ticker
0: is TMFC. Uh, real quick, because it is uh, Pi Day, and uh, later this afternoon we have uh, an all-company meeting. Uh, our colleague Allison Southwick uh, posted uh, on Slack that there is actually going to be Pi at the meeting. Are any of these made by you or the Hill
1: family? Uh, no. No, they're not. Well, oh, I'm not going then. Oh. <laughs> um, I had been led to believe that the Hill family pies would be no, featured in no. today's.
0: Sorry hotel. about that. Um, but but what are you hoping for in terms of pie? I mean, since my family's not um, supplying them, but do you have a go-to? I'm
1: not a big pie guy.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. you anti-fruit for some reason? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Personally, I'm hope I I I'm, I'm open to a number of things lime, I like a good key lime. If there's like a a, a good apple, particularly if there's. What some are the,
1: the, we mentioned award-winning pies, and we were not making stuff up for once. No, no. One of uh, what pies have won awards um, in your. Family experience. So, uh, was this the the Oscars of pies? What was the award?
0: <laughs> this was a local. Uh, there's a fall festival in Alexandria, and there's a pie baking contest. That it's, it's um, local, but Alexandria is like seven or eight million people, so you know it's a huge, exactly, <laughs> exactly huge. So, there's a pie baking contest, and there's there's one for adults, and then they have a, a kids category. And uh, one of my daughters has uh, won twice um, for recipes. That she made up herself, which is one of those things. And I don't know if you've had these moments as a parent, but you know, your kid comes to you and says, "I'm going to do X," and in this case, it was her saying, "I want to enter this pie contest." And I'm like, "Oh, that's great. You know, I'm happy to help however I can." Um, What recipe are you going to use? And then, you know, she said, "Well, I'm just going to make one up." And I resisted the urge to say, "Well, that's a really bad idea," because <laughs> baking is kind of a Well know, done. It's, well yeah, done. exactly. <laughs> you know, cooking, cooking you can experiment. You know, like oh, I'll try this spice or you know. um, baking is, is more science than art, I think. And um, and so I was like, oh, "Are you sure you don't want it?" You know, I pushed back a little. She's like, "No." I was like, "All right," and um, went off and, and won. So shows what I know. And then a couple of years later, same thing. Uh, so, so the most recent time, um, it was an open-faced apple pie. Uh, that are, she you, did. are you
1: publishing the recipe? No, on, uh, no, anywhere, no. no, secret,
0: family secret. 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 Look, there's um, somewhere in a vault, uh, I believe, in North Carolina, is the secret formula to Coke, and uh, somewhere in my house is the recipe jotted down. So, we should get out of here because 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 we've had, we've long ago finished. Yeah. Long ago finished. But again, if we leave you with nothing else, it's this, people. Watch Blazing Saddles. It really is a great film, even though it could never be made today.
1: Yeah. And watch the Saturday Night Live um, Joseph A. Bank uh, commercial. We'll put that on the Twitter feed. We'll absolutely put that one. The Jerry Seinfeld bit on Joseph A. Bank as well. I thought the commercial was better. Oh I mean, yeah, the that... commercials are more highly produced. It's just interesting that it made its way. The absurdity of Joseph A. Bank and and Men's Warehouse made its way into Jerry Seinfeld's, not his act, but a little bit. A bit he did. A bit. Uh, Bill Barker from
0: MFAM Funds. You can read more from him and his colleagues. Go to mfamfunds.com. Thanks for being here! Thank you! As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening! We'll see you on Monday!